0: obsessed with all things ovine, there is seriously something about sheep and always something new to learn about keeping, breeding and farming them. Welcome to the Sheep Show podcast. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. The Sheep Show podcast exists to help you no matter where you are in the world, what sheep you breed, what size your flock is, This podcast will help your sheep knowledge and your shepherding confidence grow. And it's a two-way street. I love to hear from you and find out how your sheep journey is going. Contact me via Instagram at Halston Valley Farm or via email jill at au. Come along on this episode as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. When we got our original 14 ewes, they had to come a very long way. We had to pick them up very far away from where the farm is, and that meant that they had to stay in our sort of suburban residence for a night or two. And we decided that would be a good opportunity for us to try out some electrified netting. We had this electrified netting because we had a little urban fringe farm before we had this this farm we've got. We had an urban fringe farm on the very outskirts of Melbourne uh, for about eight years we had that little place. And these sheep came along, we used our electrified netting that we had there, we had used it for chickens, or for chickens. So we set up the electrified netting had the sheep in there. We really, we had a veggie garden, so we wanted to keep them out of the veggie garden. And on that same evening, when all this was happening, we actually had to go to a wedding. And uh, I remember sitting at the wedding beside Gary and uh, looking at him at one stage, and I said, "Uh, are you okay? You're a little bit pale. He said, oh, I can't remember if I turned the electric um, energizer on. I said, oh, okay well, we'll just have to see what happens when we get home. So we got home from that wedding and went straight out into literally what was a backyard and found sheep again. It was just a complete debacle. Now we, of course, have sheep with horns. Sheep with horns and netting simply don't mix. I'm going to in this episode, focus on electric netting and electric fences and sheep. But this story really helped us realize that it's just not going to work. Yeah, it's simply not going. They got tangled up. They um, they got their feet caught. They got their horns caught. They got their head caught. They got their noses caught. You name it, it got caught. Now, of course, if the electric charge was on, that may probably w- wouldn't have happened. So. Moral of the story is if you're going to try electrified netting or any sort of electrified system with sheep, you do need to invest in a really good quality, strong... Energizer. Now we have used Thunderbird energizers, and we have found them to be quite successful. We use them with horses, we use them with cattle, occasionally we use them with sheep. Hence, I'm going to explain to you what we do do now, which doesn't end up in some sort of a sheep massacre-looking event at two o'clock in the morning when you've had a, a few drinks after a wedding. Not good and not fun, and definitely not great from the point of view of our first foray. Really, we had a couple of sheep in our before this, in our uh, urban fringe farm. <clears throat> but And they were ones we just had for meat ourselves. But in terms of our first breeding mob, this was it. And it wasn't looking good, you know, 10 hours into the experience. Anyway, can you use elect- any sort of electric fencing with sheep? And the answer is, you can. Disclaimer, you really need to think about the type of sheep you've got, the type of terrain you have, and the type of electrified energizer and netting slash wire that you've got. So let's just take it piece by piece. Okay, type of sheep you've got. If you have a hair sheep, like for example, a Damara, oh, they've got a little bit of wool, but a hair sheep like a Persian, for example, fully hair sheep, then you will be okay because without the wool, there's no insulation. Yeah. So that particular sheep has got a skin with hair and they are going, just like a cow or a horse, and they're going to feel that electrified shock through their hair. If you have a very woolly sheep, let's say you breed English Leicesters, I would say don't go with netting or don't go with any electrified because the wool is going to be so dense and thick, it is going to insulate the sheep from anything apart from the fact if unless they get it on their nose. And even some English leicesters will have wool, kind of a fringe coming over their nose. So it's simply not going to work. So interesting, isn't it? That The fact that the, the animal has wool impacts the shock that that animal is going to get. But you can actually train them. So, for example, you have your sheep that are shorn, or in my case, that have shedded, and then you expose them to electrified netting and you train them on that electrified netting. Now, the other thing to bear in mind is that if a sheep is happy and content, it's going to stay where it is. Yeah. So if it has company, if it has shelter, if it has water, if it has food, chances are it's not going to test anything. I have a customer of mine who bought a couple of sheep from me and had horses And she said, well, I'm just going to try them out. I'm just going to see what it's like with a single poly wire with my horses. And these sheep have been absolutely, incredibly well behaved. (laughs) She sent me photos of it. I just couldn't quite believe it. One electric line. And I hadn't trained them on sheep, but they were happy. They had company. they had these lovely horses. Sheep and horses generally get along quite well, funny enough. So again, you can think about, okay, well, if I'm content... I'm not going to want to wander. Now, bear in mind, different sheep have a tendency to wander more than others. I'm sure you're aware yourself if you've had different breeds of sheep on your property at different, uh, different stages. And even different ages of sheep tend to be more escape artist-like. I know for us at that sort of six to nine month stage, they have a tendency to get through little cracks and crevices and, you know, slots and gates and things like that, and can be a little bit mischievous, like, you know, the average teenager, I suppose, would be. So type of sheep, wool sheep, hair sheep, bearing in mind the insulation effect, you can train even a, even a woolly sheep because they can they can realize or connect or associate the experience that they've had when they were not in full wool and they interacted with that fence so there's an element there as well and then the other thing is if they're happy they'll probably stay where they are so that's one thing to bear in mind with electrified um using any any sort of electrification with uh with sheep and trying to keep sheep in listen to be honest I wouldn't trust uh, a sheep and say rose bush, for example <laughs> um they just absolutely love it. And I think they can, obviously, I mean, roses are generally scented, but they can probably smell it. So I definitely wouldn't be attempting to a single poly wire and one sheep on, on the one side and the rose bush on the other, because I think you're going to find that you're going to have very fat sheep and very skinny rose bush after the experience. So now the other thing to think about here is how strong that electrification is. So the Um, I think it's kilowatts voltage that we have on the Thunderbird is around about eight, which is a strong zap. Um, and if you've experienced it yourself, you know what it's like from a human point of view. So imagine half-sized human, what that zap is going to be like. So again, that's the sort of sheep to sort of think about. The other thing to think about it is, and I just even had this experience today, I put up an electric fence with no electrification to keep some 12-month-old calves out and almost all of them respected it, but one of them was able to get under. So you've got to think about the height of your sheep and then where you're going to have that actual rope if you're just going to use one line. If you are going to use the chicken netting, I would definitely suggest to use a very, very strong electrified current. Yeah. So if I give you some examples of when we have subsequently used the netting, uh, when we're lambing, for example, we went through a phase, where we were using a corral a netting as a corral for lambing. So that if the ewes lambed, then the foxes wouldn't get to the lambs and they were safer at night time. But we ended up finding as those lambs got older, that's when they would get tangled. Now we didn't have any deaths, thank goodness, um, but you can't, you've got to be checking on them reasonably frequently. So I wouldn't be leaving them for a day and you know checking them on the next day. They, they've got to be checked quite frequently, particularly if the animals are vulnerable or small or whatever it might be, or they're the sort of temperament that you might have with some sheep that tend to wander uh, and tend to sort of escape and, and the like. So really strong electrified current. The other experience we had was when we used two lines. So we had these pigtails. So pigtail is something that you actually hang the electric wire on. And we have these pigtails. They're sort of the white bendy ones. And you can put multiple strands of the electric wire on the white pigtails. So... I had one fence that I really needed to protect because we planted out that particular bank, and I it was just a relatively small fence, but it was quite flat, very unusual for us. But this particular area was, was reasonably sort of even terrain, probably not flat, but even terrain. So I put up jewel line. So white pigtails, uh, a sort of a, a line at about the sheep's sort of knee knee height and then again at their back you know so in this pigtail that was the sort of second so if there's four sort of runs on this pigtail the second and the third rung on that pigtail I don't know it's probably 20 centimeters and then another maybe 30 centimeters or 40 centimeters something like that and that worked very well actually, that was 100% successful. Short time, they had lots of feed in where they were being kept and I was checking on them reasonably regularly. The only downside with that is that it takes a lot to roll it out and, and buckle it back and then roll it up again. Nightmare. So you don't, you know, that's not something I would suggest that unless you have lots of patience, to do and think that you're going to be able to do that every day, in my experience. Anyway, the same with the electric netting, it can be quite difficult to do every single day. We actually even tried the concertina one. There's one that sort of pulls out concertina. Again, I think on flat terrain, very, very even terrain, no problem at all. So that's the other area to think about it. What sort of terrain are you trying to fence? Is it bumpy, Has it just got kind of boulders, any rocks, any hills, anything that's uneven, any corners, anything like that. And that is going to jeopardize the structural integrity of your fence. It's going to leave it open to vulnerability. In fact, when we did the corral, we did it in a round area. And then we would actually use the pigtails as well to give the corners more strength and to be able to allow that sort of space to to the sheep to, to be in and the fence not to sag. The other thing we also found is with those electrified netting, the bottom rung is electrified. So the very bottom wire is electrified. So what does that mean? Well, that means it's fabulous for foxes who use their little snout to push against the wire. They're going to get a shock. Brilliant. It also is great for chickens who are low, potentially. You don't want them to escape. Generally, they don't escape anyway. They're pretty good, but it's more keeping the fox out rather than the chickens in. But if your grass is long, it is going to short out that electric current. So we end up having to whippersnip or mow the particular area. Again, Nightmare if you are busy and you've got a lot on. So I'm not painting a very good picture, am I, of using electrified netting with uh, with sheep? It can be a very challenging situation. It can require a lot of patience. It can require a lot of trial and error. You do need to think about your sheep, your terrain. You do need to think about. The feed that you've got, you do need to think about how precious it is, whatever it is, that is on the other side of the fence as well, aka the, the sort of rose bush and things like that. The other, I suppose there's a little minor, minor things here with electrified anything, which is, are you going to have a gate? And again, often with the gate system, it's not very sheep friendly because it's often just one, one poly wire. So that's not great for horses, but not great for sheep. So just bear that in mind. And then the other thing is, I know in Australia by law, if you have an electrified fence, you need to have a sign up to warn people of the danger of said fence. So can you erect that sign in an area, you know, particularly... I think this is really important if you are using that electrified area on a public road or where the public can access it, um, anywhere like that. I think the other thing to, to look at it is what is the life expectancy that you're going to get from your energizer? Now, I know that there are uh, some energizers out there on the market that we might see on various different websites and the like, and, um, Again, they're not all created differently. Um, They're not all created the same, I should say. They're all a bit different. So again, we've used Thunderbird. I know a lot of people have good success with things like Gallagher. Um, But then there are other ones that seem to not be all that good. (laughs) And I think it's probably just like everything. You're going to get what you pay for. The Thunderbirds are not cheap. And Gallagher is definitely not cheap um, as well um so just bear that in mind you know what's the cost benefit here of actually investing in um an energizer now um i i've again lots of people will use hot wire coming off a house brilliant or solar for example off their house again that's going to have a much stronger generally a much stronger voltage which again will mean that you have a less of a risk than you would have with that particular energizer, for example, or perhaps even the quality of that energizer. So it's all this sort of trade-off of cost benefit and what you're trying to do and how important it is, I suppose, from from that fencing or being able to get that fencing. What we've just resorted to is just making smaller paddocks, (laughs) investing in actual permanent fencing. We still use polywire almost every week for cattle and my horses, definitely. They're, and they're pretty so trained that they don't even need the energizer for them. If you want to be absolutely certain and double sure, like we actually even put cows and horses right on our front lawn slash nature strip and graze them. But when we've tried that with sheep, unless the only thing I've w- was worked quite well out there with sheep is the panels, the yard panels, you know, those sort of steel yard panels, steel, aluminium, whatever they are, um, yard panels. Now that will work, you know, that will be able to, but of course you got to move it and you've got to make it big enough and of course setting it up, taking it down and those sorts of things. But again, at least you know that you can have a bit of peace of mind, particularly if you're grazing an area where those sheep are likely to be a nuisance on the road or have um, get injured or whatever it might be. So to summarize, good luck. (laughs) Try it out if you want. With the concertina one, for example, we just borrowed someone's just to test it, because we've had, again, we had all these different experiences. They're not cheap, again. We just borrowed it, and we sent it back probably in about 10 hours, I think, Gary thought. Nah, one, very difficult to put out, and we're thinking, I want to be able to move it like twice a day or whatever it might be. It's very difficult to put it out, uh, you know, actually install it and take it down, unpack it and 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 put it up again. So it's very time consuming in that way for what we were trying to achieve. So permanent fences all the way, permanent fences and large enough mobs I think that's quite key as well for for a lot of us you know to to be able to graze effectively, maximize pasture, to be able to support that animal's best, health. If we can jam them in for a short time, take them out. Uh, So again, that's what we do. That's what was worked for us. And that has, uh, we know when we split paddocks, even now we're still splitting paddocks. You know, these paddocks could be, you know, 10, 15, 20 acre type paddocks, which, you know, I know some people would have 3000 acre paddocks, but that's not what we have. But even splitting those, we get more grass efficiency, and better sheep health every single time. So if you can do that with electrified netting, electrified polywire, whatever it might be, give it a go. But just bear in mind the few things that we've talked about here today, the type of sheep you've got, how woolly they are, are they hair sheep, the volume or the strength of that particular energizer you're using, and of course the terrain that you're in as well. And of course, how precious the rosebush is. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sheep Show podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast on your preferred podcast app. Each rating and review helps us reach listeners just like you and help them also grow in their shepherding confidence. And let me know how your sheep journey is going. Contact me via Instagram at Holston Valley Farm or via email, Jill at Holston Farm.com.au. And until next time, sheep well.